This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard and alongside me as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day everybody. All right, we are closing in on actual rugby league being played. We are just a couple of weeks away from the All-Stars game. Uh, we may as well start there. Um, no Latrell Mitchell, uh, no Bunga, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the, <laughs> the All-Stars game is, yeah, what, 12 days, well, 11 days probably when people first hear this from now. It's been a bit of a quiet lead into it, the 12th of February. Uh We'll be on a Bucks party, so us watching it live is probably well, maybe oh, who knows probability. But if you haven't seen the team sheets, it's not team lists. It's probably better to rattle off who isn't there <laughs> than who is. But the guys who aren't there, look, Tron Mitchell isn't there suspension reasons. So we all know he's suspended. He's allowed to play the Charity Shield for some reason, but not this. And. Like it doesn't count as a game for him either. So that kind of sucks. The trail's not there. I think just let him play. But Cody Walker's not there. Jack Whiten's not there. Jamal Fogarty's not there. Tyrone Peachy. Uh, there's definitely more than this. These are the ones I could think of pretty quickly off the top of my head when I saw it. And then over on like the the, uh, the Maori side, it's like Jerome Hughes, Ponga, Brandon Smith, Nickel Klockstad, uh, Joey Manu, Sofa Solomona, the Bromwich boys, like Jordan Ricky, like. There's a lot of guys not there, you know. I don't know if you want to read through the, the, te- the teams that are there. People can go look it up, I guess, if they really want to. We're not going to rattle. They're not even in team formation. Uh, yeah. But Alex Sharks, Jones is playing, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, the Sharks given five or six players. The Broncos are given four. Titans. Uh, you meant Selwyn Cobo is playing? Yeah, the Broncos um, got uh, Selwyn Cobo in there, Ryan James. Uh, they did not get, as I said, Jordan Ricky didn't go in there. But T.C. Rabadi's playing for the Maori. And uh, I'm trying to remember who's the other one. I'm looking down here now. There's uh, Tony Staggs. But I was trying to – like they haven't really been very clear about the rule, the COVID rules they were putting in place for this. But the memo they sent to clubs like last week was that uh, the players essentially for a six-day camp are being locked into their team hotel unless for a scheduled training session. They have to undergo two – Rapid engine test a day. That's at 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. That's every day. And they're not allowed to leave their hotel room for breakfast until they've passed the test. So if they fail the test, they get stuck locked in their hotel room. And then I believe everything being restricted to the hotel means they're not doing any community work or media work or be, you know, over the phone, you know, whatever, over Zoom as they've been used to. And yeah, you can probably see why there's not been as many of the boys to, to sign up for it if that's the case. They probably yeah. they might change some of those rules, but if those are the rules, I can see why there's been some reluctance because like these guys are already fighting back about the plans during the season. The all-star game plans are even a bit more ridiculous than that. Because I guess it's jeopardizing that entire game. I don't know. But it just it just feels ridiculous, and I can see why guys aren't really they haven't had much they haven't off season, but they just spent two years in a bubble essentially. They're in off season now. Why would you sign up like just by choice? Why would you go into a six day bubble for an, an All Stars game and then the season doesn't start for a few weeks? But essentially, you're sacrificing a week of your off season. For yeah, like uh, the, the fun parts are gone, mate. The fun part of like the the whole week, the fun true. stuff's gone. Um. Yeah, it's, I'm not as g up for this game as I normally would be for the reasons you outlined and because the team lists are so poor. But let's talk about Latrell Mitchell because, to me, 
And again, Bobo Bungo and Cyril Spies, shut up. Like, it is ridiculous that a guy, and this is a guy who cares more about playing in this game than he does State of Origin, for example, that he can't play in this game, but it also doesn't count towards his suspension. Make it make sense to me, Mitchell. Yeah, I think it's a bit silly. I mean, as you said, like, I do believe suspensions, the NRL is a bit different to other sports. Like, you know, the, the NRL kind of co- has every level covered. So everyone's a great internationals and rep games, whatever, they, all, they all cross. I'm actually okay with that. But this isn't exactly the same as all the other ones, is it? It's not. It's like the Charity Shield apparently isn't. Like this, I don't know why he can't play this. And he probably would have played. And I don't know, maybe Cody plays as well. And if the Trolls plays. But Cody's his talk was more, he wasn't feeling fully fit either. But we've seen that we saw the state Latrell was in the last year's game. I don't think fully fit really mattered for him, for them then. I also found it funny that advertising this game about two weeks ago and all the art artwork had like Jerome Luai on it and Jack Whiten. Sick. Yeah. Okay, like, good. Fantastic. But yeah, you take out those guys and, and even take out some other guys like, you know, Jordan Ricky played this before he was like a first grader. I know, no, Kenny Bromwich is there, so Jesse's not there. But it's like, you know, okay, I'll, I'll look at the, the Maori side. Like, what, Jade Nick Remus made it. Royce Hunt in there. Remus Smith, Pat Herbert, like Morgan Harper. Like, who's the star in that um, Maori side? Who's the... James Mr. Harris is the best player by distance. Yeah, it's like... James Houston Harris is the best player by a distance in that side. Um, well, there's only a couple other guys that Joe Tarpany, Joe, the ghost, the, I mean, an aging Jordan Rapata. Um, yeah, Jordan Rapata. There's only like five or six of those guys yeah, there in that team, though, that are locked in first graders every week. Like, yeah, you know, Aaron Clark, well, he is now, but you know, whatever. Isan Masters isn't, Jaden Agreema isn't, Jazz Tavanga, maybe, you know. Cody here is not Morgan Harper. I guess he is now, but still not a very good side. And usually the side's a little better, but yeah, it doesn't really get you fired up for the season starting there. And you know, it's been an issue since we had the new regime. We don't care about these off season things as much as we used to. And I thought they're a cool way to get fired up for the season. Like they're showing, they're going to show all the, like all the trials on, on TV this year. Right. And that's why they're not doing other stuff. But it's like we have all year to watch those teams play. We really do. We have all year to watch the NRL sides play. Whatever, preseason rugby league. Who gives a sh- we should, like Bring back the fucking nines and, you know, maybe don't have so many COVID issues for this game. It's more interesting for the preseason, for me anyway. That This doesn't get my, my, uh, my willy warm when it's these guys playing, does it? <laughs> yeah. I, um, I no, I'm not. I'm just, no, I'm not. I'm nonplussed. I've been pumped for this game every year. I love this yeah. game. And it'll still be, you know, on the day, it'll still be fun. This will be fun. They'll still have the, 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 the great fire up, the great start. We'll have some guys play really well, but it just won't feel the same when you haven't got those, not only those caliber of players, but also like the strong indigenous players like Cody and Trell. It doesn't feel the same for mine without them there. Um, yeah, I don't like it. But Alex Johnson will score four tries. So that's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, how exciting. But yeah, there's that. Like th- those rules, like, Hopefully they change. Like, I don't know what they're still playing for the season's going to be with the RLPA disputing with them, but we can, like, honestly, we can't be expecting them to stay in lockdown. I saw one of the quotes, which, as they as it seems to be happening now, uh, it gets scrubbed off the internet when he says something silly. But uh, that's what a, a good friend of Pythagoras all shared that uh, Landis's response to criticism was that it's just about using common sense. You don't go to places where catching COVID is high risk, like a nightclub. You're letting your team down if you catch it because you'll be out. Uh, it he's I mean the personification of a boomer. 
Yeah. <laughs> like the same, you know how like they're all like we keep hearing the mean you are not nightclub goes anymore anyway, right? But there's yeah. no one at the fucking nightclubs. We keep hearing this shit about nightclubs. It's like been, how about you well, drive to the pub one, a few times and none of them are ever packed. But how about they drive to one nightclub and say that's not where coronavirus is spreading? Like, and then it's he's now he's pretty much said if a player gets it, it's his fault. So go, okay. Like just ridiculous, hey. And that's been buried, but yeah, that's so what the management is like expect the players to be locked up all year and you know, and just say thanks for having the game running or something. Whatever. Um, anyway, enough about that, I guess. <laughs> uh so uh, there's been a couple of re-signing things this week. Uh, Stefano Ikitukamanu re-signed with the Tigers to the end of 2025. Uh, I think yeah, that's an excellent re-signing by them. them. I mean, it's it's more so the, the signing when it happened is what, I, what I'm far more impressed for the Tigers. Like, I, I really thought, and many Tigers fans thought the same too, once it got past November, that it was going to stretch out and be a, a long battle and they might have paid him. I don't really care that much. It, it's not always been in the, in the past an issue about paying the boys or not. It's just some guys, like, if they're really good young players at the Tigers, they just leave anyway. And with Kamanu yeah. is such a talented young prop, and they probably would have been a big market for him and done really good, a really good job to secure him. Now, even, even if it is big, bickies, I'm not sure if it is. They've done a really good job to secure him for a long time. So they should be really happy, and it really gets rid of that distraction for the whole season here for them, which is fantastic. Yeah, um, I, that's what. So they've re-signed Twal, who's all right. They've got Isaiah Papali coming next year. Nappy Corsa, I mean, he'll be over 30, but still, that's the makings of a pretty good forward pack. Uh, I know you're having a year off from them being the team of the pod, but uh, maybe we'll revisit this in yeah. year's time. I mean, the, um, the squad is looking quite good, he said, for the future. And off contract left this year. Like, Luciano's leaving, as we know, but for that money, I totally support that move. Tom McKayley's still off contract. And maybe they keep him, maybe they don't. Madge wasn't really in love with him. I think he's a good prop, so hopefully they do. Uh, Joffa and Garway has a mutual offer. And then from there, it's like Tommy Talao is off contract. Won't really kill him if they lost Tommy Talao. James Tarmow off contract. Uh, Kelma Tulangi. And probably some other young fellas who aren't in first grade yet. Probably not on contract, not listed here. But that's pretty much it. Like everyone else is locked up and they've already signed guys for next year. And it feels weird to be so positive about a string of West Tigers signings, like you just feel like the, just the, who they are, something's going to go wrong. You just feel like something's going to go wrong with these, hey? Yeah, I mean, it, they're not allowed to have nice things. They're not, <laughs> but they're, they're yeah, they're pretty sewn up for. Oh, Luke Garner's off contract as well, but they wouldn't lose any sleep over that. But they're pretty locked up for the you know foreseeable future, and we don't have to stress all this year about re-signing some guys. Like they can probably get ahead of the eight ball with guys like Dane Laurie. Yeah, exactly right. And, and, you know, they've got Dewey as well. Um, yeah, look, I'm yeah. Try, I, I mean, they're not great. I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, they're outside backs. Still a little bit of work to do there, but everything else is looking, looking all right. Yeah. I mean, Papa Lee was just a fantastic <laughs> signing. So was Coruscant. So, you know, in, in, that, in that season in 2023, they've still got, like, Dewey's still locked up and he's due an extension. So is Dane Laurie. But it does look like, have a pretty good balance of contracts that year that maybe that can be the year they do challenge for the top eight. I'm not talking about them this year, but maybe that can be it when they have that right balance of Laurie still on a bit cheapish deal. Do we still an okay deal? You know, maybe that can be it for them. Yeah. Um, Adam Reynolds is the Broncos captain. He's officially dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I wish him the best. 
Yes, I know you do. And uh, that that was one of those things that kind of felt like I, I just thought he was given the captaincy when we signed him. I don't know why. I thought they kind of like it just never happened. But everyone knew that was going to happen. It happened. Common sense decision. Got rid of that little that one percent worry about Pat Carrigan. But yeah, it's good to see him as the captain. And yeah, I don't know who's always going to be it. But it's it's about the first time since what since maybe Lockie retired, they haven't given the captaincy to a dude clearly on the downslide. Everyone, everyone else again, the captaincy to since then has been like two years from retired. Well, I mean, so he might retire in two to three years. Oh, he might, but you know, it, it was like clearly their best, excuse me, best football was behind them when they gave it to them. Yeah. Like, yeah. So hopefully, I mean, thought I played forever after he got given up. He was just a terrible captain. People sleeping on the Broncos now. Like, I don't know. They're going to have a good forward pack. Adam Reynolds, best halfback in the world. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. Uh, people, um, people sleeping on us? A little bit. I I, I, so. Actually, I do find their least wins, not wooden spoon odds, somewhat offensive, being the same odds as like the Bulldogs. Well, there you go. What does that say? That does tell people putting money where their mouth is and still betting on the Broncos. I think that's a little that's defaulting them being bad for a couple of years, though. Not. I don't think that's sharp punter money going on the Broncos. I mean... I don't think sharp punters are betting on rugby league futures anyway, as we discussed yesterday. Oh, yeah, we did. They're, they're, they're terrible. Don't, like, I'm a D-Gen, and I have heaps of future bets going. Don't bet on NRL futures. The odds are terrible. Yeah, there's, the are, value, there's no value in it for the punter. Your fifth, your fifth favourites for the spoon and equal fifth last for the premiership. So I think like that's a fair indication of where people think you're going to finish. So. Yeah. But like, not I'm on, like I just said that honestly, like that's why there's no like the fact that there's like three teams under five dollars for the spoon is ridiculous. Yeah, there's um, no value for punters. Don't bet. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I learned my lesson better on the Warriors last year. But uh, say yeah, Larvey. Yeah, exactly. Like I know I bet on heaps of NBA futures, and I'm t- like, I'm not trying to blow smoke out of my own ass, but like, you know, I got Tyler Hero six man of the year for twenty six dollars after he started playing, like after he started playing this year and showing he was going to pretty good. Like that's much, and he's now like a dollar twelve. That's much better value than like. No, like, like, you can't tell me South so a 67 to 1 chance of getting coming last. They're not. What would you think we are? Like Way higher than that. Like yeah, 300 to 500. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't tell, you cannot tell me this. Uh, the Roosters are 126 to 1 chance to come last. That should be in the thousands. Sorry, not even come last to it's least wins. Sorry. So it's not the wooden spoon because they got screwed that year it happened. It's least wins. So the Roosters could cheat the cap, get caught, and come 16th. And still have ten wins and not get that. Like there, there's no value in it for punters. I'm saying so. Put your mug bets on something that you can at least get rich off. You know, you can't get rich yeah. off these ones. Um, Jack Howarth's been signed to the end of 2046, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've already said I thought last week about this. I thought it was a great. I think he's a great re-signing, and someone probably should have poached him. And I just don't know if we can knock the the long deals for young quality prospects anymore because it it hasn't. And I know it doesn't mean it, it won't fail in the future. It hasn't failed in forever. Like for signing the guys that everyone accepts, these are the top end talents on a whatever deal, like a five or six year deal on like 500K. It has not bitten like anyone in the ass for like 15 years now. Like it's got to a ridiculous length. So I think it's going to be a fantastic, it's a long deal. It is, but I think it's a fantastic deal for the Storm that they'll have a guy that, you know, they're probably anticipating to be starting for them by next year. A starting player in their team in the back row, or maybe the centers. But either way, a starting player at the Storm for six years on five hundred k. That's you take that every day of the week if you're the Storm. So, or five years. Sorry, by that point. 
That looks like Anfinor Blake will be staying with the Warriors until the end of 2026. Yeah. I, mean, I hate that one. Why do you hate it? There's a bit of, I just think there's a difference in that. Like he's, he's not that old. He's 26 for Newell Blake. He's got a lot of tread on the tires. <sighs> he's just got a lot of weight around the, weight yeah. around his, his stomach, mate. Like around his belt. He just does. And it's, that's not the type of prop that ages glamorously. It's just not. And again, maybe he's different, but I don't know if, you know, Fanua Blake drops 15 kilos if he's the same impact either. So that's a long re-signing for a guy that, you know, 26 will be what, be 30 by the end of it. Like, or plus, like, I just, I don't know. It's, there's always, these, again, these often tend to hit working out for teams when they're not that old, but I, I still feel like just, I'd like to keep him a bit more motivated than giving him that security. Yeah, you do You do worry. You see players get these big contracts and they just sort of put the cue in the rack a little bit. Well, um, it's like he's he's a great he's a great player. I had a great yeah. year last year. You know, he was a great signing for the Warriors. But yeah, I just feel like what like what was the competition on that? You know. I yeah, know. I mean, it's it's a weird. It, I yeah, it, you're right. Like no one was coming in and offering that guy a five year, two million dollar deal, were they? Yeah, and what was his original deal? It was like it was tw- it was already. Uh, six seven hundred something like extending that. Extending his his existing three year deal, so like yeah, he already had like two years left on it. Those Weird. are the deals I hate, mate. Like the Brisbane did a lot of that stuff before they fell apart. Like they did that with like Matt Gillett. Like they extended him like four years, and then a <laughs> year later they gave him like four years again. It's like what are you doing after he did his after he did his neck? Like that's just who are you helping at this point? And it's <laughs> a it's a I don't know. I just I know I just praise the long deal for Jack Howarth, but it's a bit different to where Adam Fanua Blake is in his career. So I'm not, not, not in love with that. Yeah. Um, you left the biggest news of the week off the rundown. That is that Souths will be letting Mark Nichols leave a year early to sign with the Dolphins in 2023. We spoke about that last week. Did we? Yeah, we did. There you go. Mate, right. it doesn't feel like that happened. It feels like it was like yesterday. It, uh, no, that happened like two weeks ago. But yeah, he's yeah. um he's gone there, and then they've linked Dynamis Louis. Oh, yeah, that's the other news. Just, like, why isn't he playing this year? <laughs> well, he's not playing. Like, so he would have been at Brisbane, but he he's not vaccinated, so they didn't sign him. Because what's the point? And then, uh, like, he's not vaccinated. He'll have a year off. He was looking pretty finished already. Like, surely they're not actually going to sign him. Like, surely, like, if if Dynamis Louis needs a contract next year. From the Dolphins, he will still be by the phone November next year. This year, like he'll be by the phone in nine months, ten months. Don't sign him. Uh yeah. Uh, I mean, his best days long behind him. Anti-vax. He's gonna have a year without playing at all. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Well, he's playing for the Redcliffe Dolphins this year, so he's obviously doing his best to audition. But yeah, sure not. Not a great deal of uh, rugby league news this week, is there? There isn't. Well, James Sigiaro is apparently, well, he's said he's back. So apparently the Knights, that's the guess. And uh, I don't know, he's been, a, like, so he's been actually able to play league, if you remember, since like mid of last year, because they backdated his ban. But yeah, right. I'm, um, I, I'm a, being a Sigiaro fan forever, as, as people would know if listened back in the past when Broncos on him, I loved it. But I, I feel like if you're a Knights fan, you just want a bit more than, like, a, he's 31 now. 
never been a big minute player. I think if that's your that's your answer to the issue with Jaden Braley, I think you're gonna have some problems. You need someone yeah. else as well. Um, I think it's better than their current situation, though. Oh, it is. I like. I just think he should be, you know, off the bench, or maybe he plays fifty in splits time. But I don't know who else they're they're gonna if they sign anyone else. But I, I just say I couldn't. I wouldn't feel comfortable going to a season with him for playing eighty minutes, like playing eighty minutes a week. That was their plan, and I'm hoping it's not for their sake. Yeah. Um, uh, any other league news before we move on to uh, other sports uh, news of the week? There's not. And, and what you said, not much league news. It's a concern because it's only like a, mu- like a month in the season. Yeah. It's not time yeah. yet. After the Super Bowl, it's I'll start, we will, we'll start okay. We'll start doing team previews with fans again. And oh, yeah. That'll, we'll that'll be teams. coming. But that'll be coming. But yeah, I also said I don't care that much yet either. I, I mean, I used to obviously get pumped around this time. Super Bowl time, as you said, is like the official start of the NRL season for me. Correct. But yeah, this no, year I agree. it's a week later than when it, when it usually is. So that's true. Um, all right. Uh, tennis. There was a lot of tennis on the weekend that we watched. We watched a lot of tennis. Um, Ash Barty was great. The K's were great. And the men's final was uh, one of the best matches ever. Best Australian Open ever. It's very, it's sure very funny could... that it was so good without notice. I'm sure someone has a better one, and I'm sure there was better ones for non-Australians. Obviously, but for an Aussies, best Australian Open ever, right? It has to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, um, there's been other like banging finals before, but we've never sort of had that comb- combination of all those things that I just mentioned in the space of a few days. Um, oh, yeah, we I mean the women's is obviously a walkover. So I guess if you're a neutral, not great. <laughs> Same so we're not so fuck them Aussie. Aussie pride fucking fuck you all etc um, yeah. no she was great um, second set down 5-1 came back um, I did enjoy it's really funny watching a sport you don't watch very much with a like a friend who watches it a lot So like Campo and I were watching it with a friend of the show Eddie Smith and like every time there was like a break point we're just like oh big point this one big point we had no idea what the yeah. fuck we were talking about but he got steadily more annoyed with us which was good well isn't that like a thing on purpose getting annoyed at you yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, no. We just wanted. We just we we were just flexing our chops as tennis analysts. I mean, I was on the radio last night talking about tennis. How that happened? That's I it. don't know. Yeah, there you go. Like, well, <laughs> you're a big great. tennis guy, mate. Well, uh, I was. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. When we, like again, I'm not a tennis expert. I'm not, but we followed it. You follow it your entire life. Like I have. I'm assuming, and mm. I did have a, a girlfriend in my late teens, early twenties. She was really big into tennis. And I watched a lot more tennis then just because, like, you know, if your missus wants to watch a sport, you're like, whatever, I watch lots of tennis. I'll just do it because you are. We'll do that. So I watched heaps until, like, 2015. And then I just watched just, like, I watched the Aussie Open and the other ones I watched, like, you know, the quarters and semis onwards or whatever the time zone's fitting. So, uh, yeah, I'm, but I'm certainly wouldn't even remotely close to an expert. I have a clue what I'm talking about, like, at all. Hey, like, even with all that consumption, not an idea, not a clue. No, um, not at all. And I, I will we watch tennis again until, like, we won't even watch the French Open. Will we watch tennis again before Wimbledon? No, no, I do. I'm a Rafa dude. French Open's on. Well, I care yeah, about the French Open. <laughs> you yeah. do. That's it. Like, I mean, and again, I hate being this dude. Everyone claims they're a fan for someone forever, but um, like, I've been a Rafa dude since like that 2005 Aussie Open by pure like pure chance. End of my um. End of like high, you know, school holidays on the couch, middle of the day when you didn't have you don't have control over who you're watching. You know, they just put whoever's on, and he 
people might remember this. They probably remember the the next round, but he beat Mikhail Yuzhny when he was eighteen in five sets. Mm-hmm. And as a dumb fifteen-year-old, or well, fourteen at the time, actually twenty-fifteen a year, I liked him purely because he was left-handed and he hit the ball hard. That's all he needed then, and that's and I had no idea to become good. Like obviously. Channel 9 and people who knew tennis knew he'd become good. That's why he was on TV. But I don't know that as a 14 or 15-year-old. And I actually had lunch with my old man on Australia and he brought up how I um was uh used to, to always I was telling him about this, you know, the Spanish dude had become the best in the world. Like I fuck, I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I was just claiming that. But then he lost to Hewitt in the fourth round in like five sets. And I think everyone in Australia kind of reckon, like noticed him then. And yeah, from then I kind of thought I was a fan. Obviously, not some hardcore fan. There's a there's a million people who like rapping more than I do, but that's just been like the dude I've been tied to in tennis since then. And I what I really like the most about Rafa is the joke of the French Open titles. I love it because like I hate I hate talking about the best of any sport, and it just comes down to who won the most things. And tennis might be the closest to that reflecting who is the best. You know, just won the most titles. It might be, but I love the fact that, like, if it's if we just want to argue counting numbers, it doesn't matter if they're all French; they're all equal. So, it doesn't matter they're all in one shit court that no one, <laughs> that no one else likes playing on. Like, so I like that. So I'm happy for him, and hopefully he grabs another French. And now it seems people like a few years ago it was a lot of people would pick their sides of the camp or similar. It seems everyone's pretty much on the Rafa for more titles now to stop Novak, which is great. Because Novak was popular until like four or five years ago. People liked Novak. People well, yeah, stupid. I mean, yeah, until... I mean, he said some shitty things about like women's pay and and he always had some weird Vax takes even before COVID, but obviously that's pushed yeah. it over the top well, in like, the last I, year or so. But Yeah, because the ex I was talking about there, she was huge on Novak. And so I was huge on Rafa. And I used to have to look for ways to hate Novak. And... Like that's you know a long time ago, but the one I hated, and I still I've held on people this quote all the time. That stupid quote we said after the 2014 Australian Open, just won the Open, and they asked him how he'd celebrate, and he said he's gonna eat. Oh, well, back my my mic, sorry people. He's gonna eat one piece of dark chocolate, one square. Like fuck you, man, you fucking loser. Like that's you know he's oh he's such a health craze, and you're a machine, and whatever your perfect preparation, you eat one square after the 2012 final. Sorry, it was. I hated him. Like that was like loser since then to me, you know, try hard. Sorry. But yeah, fuck, fuck Novak. So I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad Rafa got that one. And then the, the, the boys, like the special K's getting people, but that was a funny game to watch because you could see Todd Woodbridge hated. He was hating it. I know he's behind them, but he was hating that they were winning doubles tennis by not serving and volleying and they were signaling and, they were doing all the things they're not supposed to do, and they won. He hated it, and he, it was like when you watch the game, it was like it wasn't the final. How criti- how critical they were of their doubles play. Yeah, um, and it's so funny to me, like just everything that we saw over the tournament as well. Um, I, I I don't know if you have been following like the fallout with um with Kyrgios, um calling that guy a donut, and yeah. um, well, I haven't seen like, the response to the response is there a response to the response there was a response to the response and also actually he had it um like he he was on the today show this morning obviously normally i wouldn't watch things like that but it was at work um so like i had to and um like he had this amazing quote about um 
your man Michael Venus, who was the Kiwi player that was all like, oh, I don't know. He said, um, he said, hang on, I'm pulling the quote up. Um, he said, uh, this is great radio. Um, he, <laughs> um, the fact that we've made Michael Venus's comments relevant, I think that's great. <laughs> who said that? Curious. Yeah. It's just so patronizing, but I love it. Yeah. I mean, if you've missed all this stuff, it was like Purcell actually handled it really well on the court. I was impressed with how he handled the loss there. So obviously they weren't happy, but you know, he was, we loved playing in front of the whole, uh, whole crowd. But the thing he said after in an interview, well, probably the press conference, he said, is that I think it was great for ticket sales here. I'm not sure how it was taken overseas. If you're watching some of Nick and Thanasi's matches earlier in the week and you're overseas, maybe you turn off tennis a little bit. Yeah. The fact that we we're Australian, I think they went as hard on us, but they have the rest of them and they're grateful for that. Anyway, it's obviously has a bit of a shit to the behavior, even though he wants to get behind Kyrgios and similar. But just one of those things, mate, it's like if people are watching doubles from overseas, they have not, like, you think they've got an issue with Nick's behavior? But does it fucking matter? If they're watching your stupid doubles, does it matter? Yeah. Like you will, Michael Penis and Max Purcell and all these other pricks, they will never play in front of a crowd like that again, unless they play the K's again. Yeah. And that's what, like Max Pearl said, it, said, it was, said it was like, you know, great to play in front of that crowd. The biggest crowd he's ever played in front of. And like, it's true. The semi had like 10 people there for him. And yeah, it's maybe, you know, and I think his comments probably blown up a little bit by Nick. Yeah, I don't think they were that bad, but he's he trying to defuse it today, Purcell. Like, I just read that when you were talking there, I looked in there, he's like saying they're bringing lots of the sports. So I can take anything away from them. They're a, they're a bloody exciting pair to watch. You got nothing against them. Uh, yeah, that's it. He thinks it's great for tennis. Doubles isn't huge out there. Essentially, he took it all back. <laughs> I think he understands yeah. his role. <laughs> but that's good. I think he understands where he sits in that, like Max. He's like, yeah. Curious, like without them, as you said, there would have been like, without them, the stadium would have been empty for the doubles final. Like well, do you know there. who was in the women's doubles final? No, I don't. I did look it up to see if we gave a shit, but no. <laughs> to the but two no. Czech girls who've won a bunch of Grand Slams won it again. The last point was pretty funny though. Like they just did like they she literally hit like five lobs in a row until the chick on the other team fucked it up. It was great. Just kept doing yeah. lobs. It's like this is just so disrespectful. I liked it. Yeah. Um that's why the tennis was fun too, though. I, I never liked serve and volley, right? That's part of why I like Rafa. I never liked serve and volley as a neutral. I don't like cowards. Who tennis. can? And that's, it's so boring. And that's what, like, fuck Tim, Tim Hemman and anyone who likes him. But, like, that's what was great about the doubles that the boys are just, like, smacking the ball. And Thanasi was sensational. I, th- I think, like, Nick was obviously the bit of the motivator, but it feels like Thanasi carried him for every match I've watched anyway. I didn't watch all of the earlier ones. But the last couple, it feels like Thanasi was just the best on court by a distance in that doubles. But it was funny watching that. It was exciting. You know, it's like there's there's not a bad thing they're doing for doubles tennis, bar the dickheads who are making noise in between serves. And that's not Nick and Thanasi's fault. They also tell those people to shut the fuck up. But that, you know, it's going to happen when you get a bit more accuracy. People are going to push, the, push some buttons, aren't they? And be fuckwits. Yeah. And, it fucking rules. It was the best. We made plans to watch tennis on Saturday night. Tennis. But yeah. Yeah. I know. And that one dickhead that got kicked out, not great, but whatever. Mate, Who how cares? Much of a prick do you have to be for Nick Kyrgios to tell you, mate, you're too rowdy. You got to go. Yeah. Got to go. And then when the camera flows across him, you're like, fucking, of course. Look at this dickhead. <laughs> oh, fucking course. 
get him out of there. But yeah, it was, it was fantastic watching that. It's good watching Ash Barty dominate. Like it's weird how she beat the exact same people in the US Open and the Australian Open on the way to the title. And it's I was, yeah. So you go. It's kind of unfortunate we didn't get to see her play like Osaka in the final, but whatever. She's not her fault that <laughs> she didn't make it there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I will say she didn't drop a set. Um, she didn't drop a set in the tournament. So I like yeah. was going to write a story if it was like the record, but it wasn't. I looked up the record. Um, yeah. Ste- Steffi Graf won the 1988 French Open and she won. She didn't drop a set. She won six love in six of her 14 sets. Another four of them were six one. And she went to one yeah. tiebreaker. She won the final six love, six love. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> she was on court for like five hours. Well, it's, it's her actually body happened was dominant, but like not as dominant as that. It's happened a few times, like a lot more than you'd think. Yeah, like I know Raf has done it a couple times at um the French. What well, Federer has done it at Wimbledon. Yeah, obviously, he? it's never going to be a men's game because they play three sets, but. Like, yeah. yeah, but they've done like, what the, saying, without, without dropping a set. They've done, yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane, but yeah, as you said, it's like the extent of not dropping a set. You know, as you're just barreling people is the um the impressive one there. So, like, um, yeah, I think, yeah. Well, well, yeah Rafa did a list of this, twice right? at least. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know. I Rafa did 2010, 2017. There you go. Rafa's done it. Rafa's done it four times at the French Open. French, there you go. What other uh, ones? Rogers done, done it. Rogers done 07 Australian Open and 2017 Wimbledon. There you go. Um, Bjorn Borg did it three times and a bunch of old old guys. It actually because it, it actually happens more than you think it does. Fuck, it's happened way more times in women's tennis. Yeah, that's not a surprise. So, Serena's, done it six, sense. Serena's done it six times. It's happened that's 93 also- times in women's tennis. I'm not surprised Serena's done it six times. I'm actually kind of surprised it's not more. Hmm. <laughs> like considering the the amount of titles she's won, it's almost surprising it's not more. But I guess maybe you know that she probably ran into a couple of the stronger contenders, and some of the other ones did too. So maybe yeah. so ninety six times in women's, women's tennis. That's crazy. Like Navratilova was even more dominant than Steffi Graf. Just got nineteen eighty three U.S. Open six one six love six two six one six two six two six love six one six love six three six two six one six one six three in the final. Ridiculous domination. Yeah, Martina Navratilova <laughs> was good at tennis, and that's the kind of expert takes you come to this rugby league podcast for. Um, but before we move on, let's we haven't talked about the men's final much at all. We talked about your love of Rafa, but my God, what a game! And look, I, I, I'm I'm happy I stayed up to the end. I know you are too. We weren't as happy when we had to get up at seven a.m. to watch the NFL the next morning, but you know, say la vie. Um, I, I was captivated by this. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, I mean. I was, as you said, up the whole time, tired at about 1 a.m. Then they went one and then I couldn't sleep till past two. But yeah, I don't often, as you said earlier, I don't often engage in a lot of tennis discourse. I don't feel like it's my place. If you get me, I'm not a smart enough fan with it or whatever. I never often get into that. So, you know, quite most of the tournament. But uh, that last game, like, just, I mean, he was down, what, three break points in the middle of the th- of the third set after getting smoked in the first two sets, sweating absolute buckets since the start, and then somehow saves that break. And he never he never looked comfortable for me anyway. The, the whole match, it was still he had a lot more unforced errors than Medvedev. Uh, and he had, you know, every couple of games he'd hit one of the ball, the ball would come off his racket or off the frame of the racket and spray somewhere else. But he just never felt 
fully in control, but it was a proper war of attrition. It was fucking sensational to come back win like that. And uh, that's like the Spanish commentator video was amazing. Oh, how good was that. it? It was amazing. But um, it was basically form. like Jim Ross commentating a coffin match in the WWE, the way he was talking about how he got out of the grave and put Medvedev in. Yeah, he did. It, it was just, yeah. I, I don't know why. I know about time zones and the gaming broadcast, other countries, that kind of stuff. But God, I wish it kicked off like an hour earlier. But yeah, just absolute cracker. Very fitting way for him to win the 21st title, considering Novak and, and Federer weren't there for them to... For any of them to take the the record, you'd love to see him to do it. Something like that, like the not give up attitude, fight the way back in, and somehow like the thirty five year old who hasn't played really in two years, who you know who has a million injury issues, hasn't got the power he used to have. His foot, one of his foots fucked. Somehow him who was sweating kilos from the start, he's the one who looked fresher by the the fifth set. I have no idea. I mean, whatever drug like him. And Tom Brady and like Federer and Peyton Manning was on whatever they're really on. We none of us know what it is yet, but I want I want some. Just give yeah. us the hookup. Like I'm still fucked with my knee injury from fucking like three months ago. Dear Antlers Bro, you need some. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. Yeah, it was, and I, I do feel bad for Medvedev. I don't know if people saw his comments afterwards, the way he was talking in the press conference and how he said he was just going to play for himself and his family now because he was basically sick of like not getting any support from the crowd or like always being the villain. I empathize a lot with that. <laughs> yeah, it's that's one of those things. And this is probably advice for you too then, Vanguard. If you want to be liked by people. Oh, I don't. <laughs> well, you, as you both do there. Uh, no, it's maybe if I just think, I've, first you said, we've both discussed this on here before. I think the post-match press conference in any sport is so tough. Probably no tougher than the time when you lost an open for as an individual sport like that for Medvedev. But I think it's one of those comments that if, if he continues his, his strong career, he'll probably look back on it with a bit more perspective in a couple of years and think that was a bit stupid because, like, they're not saying they're stupid comments. How he's feeling right now is totally valid because, in his mind, he's 25 years old. He's been around for a number of years, been in the top 10 for like three years, won the US, like, beat Novak 3 0 in the US Open last year. And Camington, this is the tournament favorite with Novak out. Yeah. And he still doesn't get anyone to cheer him or get behind him. I really like him, by the way. I think he's a good interview. I I think he's charming. I think he's a great player. And just no one seems to like him. I like him too. And I actually like the villainous little bits. And, but that's the thing though, like the on court stuff matters. And before, like before Novak got popular, Novak was the guy who, rustled the cage of the of Rafa and and uh Rafa and Federer and everyone loved that rivalry and Novak came in and he wanted to be liked right so he was just a little kiss ass and unfortunately if you want to be liked you do that stuff like he, Novak was really fake in his press conferences did those dumb impersonations if you remember acted really tried to act really nice and that kind of stuff so you know I think much as I think people should if you you know Medvedev's Obviously, to me, he said he's a really good interview, good player. I find him very interesting. I'll find some of his comments on the court funny. The general fan just wants, like, the nice, happy dude, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. The, the gentleman who's winning. I mean, I always cheered for the bad guys in wrestling. Like, I, like I understand. I mean, yeah, so the, do I. I always cheer for the heel. But, and, like, yeah. and, and for him, though, what I mean about perspective stuff is that, you know, again, it's like you're playing. There's, in his tournament in Australia, he played two dudes that there was no one else barred Roger Federer maybe against Rafa 
that was going to get cheered for over them. He played Kyrgios and, and Nadal. Like, yeah, you're just not getting, that's just it, man. I'm sorry. You're not getting cheered for in those games. You know, and then played those two. And then the people will come around. If he, he's 25 now, he probably thinks he's made it, but he wins two or three more opens in three or four years. Everyone will love him. You'd hope so. That's just it. That's, well, that's just, that, that's just, that's how sports fans generally work. They're generally a bit behind the ball and a lot of this stuff, unless the player comes from like your country. Yeah. And once they start winning a lot, people like him more. And then probably if he's still around at like 30, won a few opens, still touring, probably look back on that. And that's what I'm saying. The perspective was it's a valid feeling to have now. It's very much a young man who thinks he's achieved it feeling, not a man who, you know, not someone with a bit more perspective that, you know what, like there's still a long way to go here. And I'll win enough that they'll like me regardless. You know, it's like, fuck them. I hate that, that, the crowd, but you know, they'll love me once I keep winning. Yeah, I mean, crowds always get behind a winner in the end, don't they? They do. They do. And, you know, people now know who you are, mate. You know, he's the market. He said the marketing guy hasn't been great, but people know who you are. And maybe next year, you get to be a few more cheers against other people, you know, and other guys you play. Maybe the year after that, people love you. It's like people didn't love the big three instantly either. I think, yeah, I mean, people always kind of loved Roger, but the other two, I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, Roger's been around forever, so it's that's it's it's tough for me to know a time he's been around since like Pete Sampras, for fuck's sake. Like, how's Richard Gasquet still playing while we're at it? Oh, good. Oh, the, the money tennis players make—that's how he's still playing. Like well, the fact that <laughs> that dude's been around. Like, I feel like he's been around since I started watching tennis. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. Like, so if you guys don't know the prize money by round, what is it like a hundred thousand? Hundred k if you lose yeah, in the first round. Hundred three thousand dollars. Like, yeah, that's it. So you get that. Uh, you get second round 150, third round 220, fourth round 328, quarterfinals 530. Anyway, essentially, that's why guys like Richard Gasquet is still playing because he's the best. If you make make it to the third round, you made 200 grand. Um, the other one I thought was a really nice moment during the tournament was mm-hmm. um, Elise Cornet, the French woman who had played. And I sent you the screenshot of this when, it, when she was playing in her fourth round match. She had played in... Every Grand Slam from 2007 and through to she'd missed, she played every single one apart from the 2020 Wimbledon, which wasn't held because of COVID. So she played, she also played two in 06 and one in 05. So she played uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 full years of Grand Slams plus an extra two Grand Slams. So 16 and a half years of playing every Grand Slam had never made it past the fourth round, which is crazy that you would play in every single one. You'd think at some point you just go on a run, right? But she won her match in the fourth rounds to get to the quarters like a few days ago. And she had this on-court interview with Yelena Dokic. And it was just a really nice heartfelt moment. I think if, if anyone didn't see that, I'd encourage you to go and seek out that material. It was on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. You shouldn't struggle too much to find it. But I think it's even little moments like that that were just so cool. And just there was a bunch. There's just so much happened in this tournament. And obviously I'm a little bit biased because it was my first year covering the Australian Open, like completely. So I was well across everything that was happening every single day. But there was just so many things, to, and you kind of thought that maybe without Kiri, uh, without Djokovic, that like it would peter out a little bit. But it was the exact opposite. Like you, every day there was just something going on. Whether it was the K's, Barty, Medvedev, and then a billion other sort of little side stories in between that. I just thought the whole thing was great. Um, so did I. Yeah, and but tennis. What's back? What you mentioned there with that with Cornet though, like the 
again, she's made 8.6 million USD in prize money alone in that time. That's why she's still around. And she's only 32. Like, so she's obviously doing two and she's like 16 or whatever, but like, yeah, keep going. Fourth round, mate, she got her biggest payday ever there probably, which is great for her. But uh, yeah, I wish, like I've always, every year I look at the Australian Open prize money every couple of years, I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's a lot of money. But yeah, they, that's a pretty good paycheck. And, that, you know, the guys who won the, the doubles, they only make 600 grand and they have to split it. So like, whilst it's a huge payday for those guys, like Kokonakis would be loving life right now, but you know, you make more making it to the fourth round as a singles player. So you can probably see why it's a bit less of an incentive to, for the good single players to play doubles, to be honest. Well, I don't, well, they won't play. Well, Kira said he's not playing the French open at all. And he, they won't play doubles at Wimbledon because doubles at Wimbledon is five sets. So they won't. Be sure, but I think they will do, like, did you see their interview? Like, after the post-match, like they'll walk yeah. there, like, yeah, they kind of sound like they were doing it. That's one thing that like Kokonakis is saying, he's trying to get Kyrgios to do the tour with him. And he's got to commit to some more slams, he said. And then he said, he's not doing the French. They kind of sounded like they're going to go to Wimbledon. Are they aware that it's five sets? <laughs> well, they only really seem to have made the realization that day they were in the ATP finals. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know who won know. the Wimbledon men's doubles last year? One of the teams no. they fucking smashed. You know who came second? Another one of the teams they fucking smashed. How good. Exactly. Oh, but they probably won in, you know who won in 2019. Robbie Farah. There you go. But the seven so volley is a bit better on the grass, though, isn't it? So, uh, uh, sure. Why not? I, I don't know. I've just that's one of the things I've heard the people say. Tim Putz and Michael Venus knocked out in the first round. Fucking yeah. Things. But uh, so may, maybe they do that. But I just hope that because I know it's again we all support Curios knowing that he. Isn't is in love with tennis as everyone else. I did enjoy him saying as well that it was just like the hardest he's tried for like a week because he was up at 7 a.m. every day at training just to not let someone else down, which is great. Uh, but I do hope that it maybe that reinvigorates him a little. The little special case, a few more tours. I'd love to see that. And maybe that helps him like by default perform better. You know, by if someone else is getting up 7 a.m. with him, maybe by default that makes him perform better at bigger tournaments. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, they made me care about doubles. They made you care about doubles. It was good. Uh, do you want to talk about tennis some more or do you want to talk about NFL? No, nah, it's enough. Not half tennis. Um, all right. Uh, NFL. Another, like another banging couple of games. Yeah. What a, like, I know my Packers got knocked out, but what a weekend of sport after that. The Australian Open finals and then the two, uh, oh, not, sorry, not two overtime games. The uh, two late decider games, one over time and one decided right at the end there between the 49ers and Rams and the Bengals-Chiefs. But the Bengals-Chiefs game is a bit of an all-timer, all-time bottle job by the, the Chiefs. Biggest like lead blown in that in a, in a championship round. And uh, yeah, just cracking game and just awesome to see like Joe Burrow into the blood, like him and the Bengals into the Super Bowl, what, two years after they came, they won four games. Ridiculous. Um, I'm in a really weird spot with that as a fan. Like, because you the Bengals are fucking cool. And like, I really enjoy watching them play. They've got swagger. Joe Barr is the man. They've now got the second best kicker in the NFL after Justin Tucker. And I love, you know, I love special teams. You know, I love special teams. Mm. They got all that, but they are in our division, but they're not the Browns or the Steelers. I don't really have any feelings towards the Bengals. I've never really... I hated Andy Dalton, but other than that, I was just kind of just, they were always kind of mad to me. So 
Uh, I really I used to love I used to love Chad Johnson slash Ochocinco, and I really liked their jerseys. That's about it. But uh, like, they've been a team, and I'm not going to say lucky, but they haven't actually moved the ball that well on offense most of the playoffs. They've moved it when it mattered, but they've had what four tit picks in two games. It's like whatever you know, it happens, but like that just doesn't really happen that often. Four tit picks, and you know they this game was almost they benefited from the Chiefs being arrogant. Like they were getting so smoked in that second quarter, the Chiefs at end of the second quarter, that stupid play of throwing short of the of the end zone with its clock Ridiculous. expiring. That Eli was Apple arrogant. Made as. the first good play of his whole career. Yeah, arrogant as that was. And then the Bengals are nine dollars at halftime. I looked at it, letting it live. I think I mentioned this guy. You guys, I was like, "Fuck, it's never going to get short enough to be worth cashing out." Like it had to yeah. get under a dollar to double my money. So under two dollars. So I was like, not not gonna do it. And they never got into favoritism until overtime when they got the ball back. But yeah, but they, I think half. the first time they were favorites was when they got the pick in overtime. Yeah, that was it. And like I'm of the opinion that like what we're with Mahomes' career, we're we're watching the greatest of all time in action. Just it's just early. And people hate saying that stuff when someone's early, but I'm of the opinion that. We are watching that guy in action right now. And I also thought the same thing when I was watching Aaron Rodgers younger and still older. And whilst he might be for a long, like for regular season anyway, best quarterback watching the field, he didn't win enough things, even though I mentioned earlier, I don't love the counting, but one ring is not enough of the things to be called the GOAT. Yeah, I'm already watching this game. I'm like, fuck, maybe it is the next Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, maybe it is like you've won that Super Bowl, but like there's been a couple of games now that he's just disappeared for in a 10 minute stretch or whatever in a massive playoff and they lost like they they've now what they've got that bad loss against the Pats a couple of years ago in the championship game lost the Super Bowl last year and then they choked this one away that's a lot of bad losses even though they've made four home championship games at a final that's a lot of shit sorry in a row four in a row. and it's next year great. he's and next year his rookie contract's finally over. He gets 30 whatever million a year on the cap. So the team around him won't be as good. So interesting to see. But yeah, I just thought, uh, I just, you know, I like to be ahead of the game and think we're seeing the, the next greatest happening in, in front of our eyes. And I was hoping maybe the Chiefs would win because I'm happy to see my homes do well. But now I'm fine with the, I'm, I'm happy with the Bengals to win. And it just feels weird that, yeah, two years ago, four fucking wins. They, they weren't even like, in consideration for the playoffs until like six weeks ago. Crazy. Uh, I was listening to around the NFL today and they said that um, none of the like 50 odd people in their like mid season predictions thing had the, um, had the Bengals making the playoffs. Yeah. And that's not a shock. Like they finished 10 and seven and it's the, the obviously sevens new, but they were what seven and six. And then they won every game. Uh, yeah, much. yeah. Oh no, they no, they didn't. They lost to the Browns as well, and Week 18 didn't matter though. But yeah, they, they kind of won what mattered from there. Uh, but yeah, what Joe Burrow is the first first overall pick to go to the Super Bowl within two years. If he wins, he'll be the first ever player to what win the national championship in college, get picked first or overall, and win a Super Bowl. That's crazy. Yeah, the only other two guys to do the championship and the Super Bowl are Joe Namath and Joe Montana. So you have to draft oh. Joes. Joe well, Flacco didn't do the national championship, but that's it on the Joe. Yeah, but he won Did the you one. Okay? Well, you, <laughs> you leave there. the Delaware Blue Hens alone. Yeah, but um, it, that, that was just a great game, hey? And like, Jamar Chase is just fucking sick. 
I don't care that he like seems to push off every second reception, but if you cheat every time, you yeah, can't pull called. more, can you? Yeah. He's also should have picked an yeah, offensive lineman, my fucking ass. Yeah, isn't that funny? Still think they should have taken Penestal. Um but yeah, uh, crazy. Uh, someone called the, someone compared the Chiefs to the 2008 Boston Celtics, and it's at the moment looking like a pretty good metaphor. People in don't what, know what, that was like regards, this. Well, that, that, people happen. don't know this was this team that everyone was like, "Oh, this is going to be the new dynasty in football." They acquired all these great players, and then they won one championship, and they got very, very close a lot of other times around the time they won their championship, but they never won that second one. And now this is what, uh, what's this? Three of the last four years where they've fucked it up in either the championship game or the Super Bowl. Yeah, they finished first in the conference for like five or six years straight after that, didn't they? The Celtics. And you know, they only won yep. one, as you said. Mm. But yeah, NFL is obviously, you know, it's also one of the things it's only basketball, you generally kind of find the team that deserve to win it because of the seven game series. Like this is a couple of bad minutes and that's it. The game was over for the Chiefs. And when they won that coin toss, I think most of us thought they were going to win the game. You know, the Chiefs. But yeah, like Mahomes was bad. What was it? He won the last game in 13 seconds, lost his one in 13 seconds. He was bad for the last like five minutes of the game. That's all it took. Yeah. Like they were, like, and it's not all on him, play calling bad too, but that was a, you know, bad throw. <laughs> yeah. And it, really, and really bad. Juggled. And he should have got picked. He should have got packed. He should have got picked the play yeah. before. Yeah. By Eli Apple. So, yeah. Who sucks? Who sucks? He, he does. Suck. Cooper Cup is going to toast that boy. Yeah. And whilst like the Bengals have, you know, I guess like I said the numbers on paper aren't that great in the playoffs this year. Like their offense hasn't been very efficient or similar. They just have fucking swagger. They just do. That Joe Burrow attitude is kind of there with that team. And they didn't it, a lot of teams would have just fucking crumbled at halftime, man. They would have. They would have crumbled after being down by that to the Chiefs. And then the start of the, the third quarter, they made the Chiefs punt. So I thought, oh, Bengals are on here. But then they they had like a big play and they ended up punting back. Like they punted from the the Kansas City forty three, if you remember that they were they were like second or second eight or whatever, and they had a couple of penalties or one penalty or whatever, and they had to punt. Well, they didn't have to punt, but I hate punts from there. And I thought, oh, they can't punt yeah. from there against Mahomes. Then they made Mahomes punt again. And I'm like, fuck. How have they made the Chiefs punt like so many times? And yeah, they slowly just ticked along. Another pick from Mahomes. Two more punts, like. That's it. Well, they have five plays with negative two yards in the third quarter, four plays, negative four yards. Like the Chiefs were not moving that ball until that final drive when they needed a field goal. But, and you just thought maybe it's that's it. They're going to get it from here. They worked six minutes off the clock, but no, they, they did not. And the Bengals go in and people have no Bengals takes, man. It's been uncomfortable. People, because people have been paying attention to them properly. I haven't got enough takes either. But like, I know Burrow and Chase are awesome. I know that offensive line kind of sucks. I don't mind Joe Mixon as a player. T. Higgins is sick, but I don't know anything about their defense. No, no clue. Um, I know they had a that guy got his ankles broken by Lamar Jackson in that game two years ago. Yeah, and Money Some, McPherson is the, is the first other person who got the dumb nickname early that actually looks to mind. Money Mac. It. He's great. He I is. like him. The next game, go, but you know, he's he's yeah. Uh Strange game for a lot of like obviously there's more more 49ers fans than Rams fans there despite it being a Rams home game but um man like you just feel like now and you look at the Super Bowl they lost two years ago as well you just feel if like the 49ers had like a top 15 quarterback they probably win that Super Bowl and they probably are in the Super Bowl again now 
Yeah, I mean, this game felt like watching like two Pete Carroll teams play each other. Like, and you know, these guys are two amazing head coaches who I, I still think have decision making issues, even though they're both made Super Bowls. They both made a Super Bowl. This is McVeigh going back again. But they just seem to, they really, for mine anyway, really struggled to put games away. And the Rams did it last week too. But this one was Shanahan that like after they got ahead, again, they just put the cue in the rack or like, what was it? Fourth and two in the opposition half. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Fourth and two when the, and, and they had the ball and they fucked up. What did they do again? I can't remember, but they've also punted from the um, the Rams half twice. In the, uh, sorry, the yeah, Rams half twice and the end of the game, but they couldn't put them away. And we just everybody knew, mate. Everyone knew that Jimmy G was not getting him down the field in two minutes because they never do that. As you said, like they, their teams like uh, yards after the catch, running game. You know, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle will get you yak. You get run yards out of the backfield out of whoever they put there. But Eli Mitchell in this game didn't have a great one, but that's what they've always been. And you just knew that. Two minutes on the clock, Jimmy G was not driving down the field. Yeah, they just like sat in a deep zone and were like, yeah, all right, you throw it over the top. Good luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And the intercept was exactly the same. They sat deep and then they ended up with like three rushes eventually getting through to Jimmy and then he threw the, the pick. But yeah, that's it. They sat deep and it, I know that Trey Lance was a project, but it's just like, I don't think they should have put him in now, but yeah, you think they probably feel pretty happy that they, they're moving on from Jimmy 49ers fans, but poor old your man Jaquiski Tart is going to be thinking about that pick for the rest of his career, I'd say. So yeah, if people didn't see 100%. this. Um, Matt Stafford launched one down the field on third down when they were losing by three points with about eight minutes left. It may it may as well have been a punt. Like this hit this man in the chest and he just dropped it cold. They probably win the game if he catches that. Yeah. By the way, the Rams have n- never come back from a ten-point deficit, not in the NFC Championship game. Martin McVay. They're twenty-three, zero and twenty-three. Any get other game, but they've come back in two of the NFC games to win from there. Funny. Right. But uh, yeah, like the drop pick terrible. What's up with that? The defensive backs always drop picks, but it feels like in the playoffs they drop easier picks that win games more often. It's probably wrong, but it just feels like it. I agree. It's um. Yeah, it's it's a real shame for them. They probably don't seem to have a lot of these heartbreaking moments in playoffs, like over the last decade. Like they've lost two Super Bowls, had the Kai Williams spill, spilling the punt. Now this, that's like four of the last ten years have ended in like very heartbreaking fashion for them. Yeah, um, well, I think you touched them, on earlier, mate. Like again, we we talk about this talking head stuff, but honestly, in the playoffs, having a quarterback just matters. And the 49ers of the last 15, 20 years have done really, really good for never having a great quarterback. They had a couple of years of like, okay, Kaepernick and a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Alex Smith, but they've never had a great quarterback and they always seem to put a decentish team together outside of it. But yeah, they've had now Jimmy cost them here. Jimmy's kind of like when the Rams had Jared Goff a couple of years ago, like this, the team can only get you so far, but sometimes when you have like a minute or two on the clock, you just need that dude, the guy, the quarterback to just like make some fucking plays. Do something different, make some fucking plays, you know, call the offense on the fly, do something. And Jimmy's response, not only did he throw that terrible pick, but his play before he threw on what was it, second? He missed the, yeah, that's it. First down was in, but he threw a, a, a pass four, four yards short of the sticks on second and 10 on his 25 with like a minute left in the game. The fuck are you doing, Jimmy? 
Yeah, he's just not very good, old handsome Jim, but he's made a lot of money for not much. So good for him. He's, yeah, he's he's in that awkward spot of like he's good enough to be an NFL quarterback, but I'd hate him to be mine. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Hate and he'd be it go to a bad team and they'd be fucking terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, he can move a good team around like this. They'd be terrible. And then yeah, I mean the Stafford stuff anyone who watch, actually watched NFL knew Matt Stafford was good. You knew Matt Stafford was good. Every Lions fan does. Everyone knew it. And he got kind of lucky with those drop picks in this game, but that just that just happens. But yeah, who knew having a decent-ish quarterback made a massive difference? And the Rams have been going all in for like five years, but this obviously feels like their best chance of all of them because last time they had golf and they, they played Tom Brady in the, in the final. The Pats had no business winning that, but of course they did. And then this one, they're going against a Bengal side that nobody seems to rate until last week. That uh, you think the the Rams with the defensive line and with Stafford there with Cup season, you think they'd put them away, but I almost feel like the Bengals just do it because that's what they've done so far. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, it's <laughs> I I look at this game now and it's like I just think the Rams going to win easily. I don't know. So do I, but I'm also, again, like I said, I've just, I have no confidence in like, I feel like the Rams will blow the doors off early. I really yeah. do. I have no confidence in something they're putting a game away. Like he's one of the best offensive minds in the game. Draws one of the best playbooks in the game. We saw in this one, they had two open touchdowns draw, dropped that he'd drawn up. Great plays, <laughs> but there's something about him. And it, it's happened to many good coaches. Happened to Andy Reid for like 15 years, like, the decision making when the pressure is really on, he turns into a goddamn coward. You know, it yeah. just happened to some of these guys. And I just I, feel like McVeigh should have someone else call he, use his playbook, but call his play for the last like 10 minutes of games. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I don't have to worry about any of this. My coach is the one that gets criticized as being too aggressive. So, yeah, none of this ever makes sense to me when I see it in big games, when I see guys shrinking in the moment and not being aggressive because like my team would just never do it. Yeah, so I don't know, yeah. especially based on the opponent too. Often it's like, but the Niners just you know they had a comfortable lead and they played like it again in this one and they weren't aggressive. But the Rams did the same thing last week. So I just I felt I think I said it on the podcast last week. I, I thought the team that was trailing this one was going to win it. Whoever was trailing was going to win this game because they're going to come back on the other team being cowards and they did. And I just think the the Rams won't shut the door on the Bengals next week. So I do think the Rams will win. But I don't think it's going to be a big blow. I like the Aaron Donald MVP bet. I think it's still eighteen dollars, just because that that Bengals offensive line is terrible and there's I, no I, value. Don't bet on a quarterback MVP. I have to. I have to bet Von Miller out of respect. Yeah, we. What was that last time me and you won? For was the fucking, the the fucking king, twenty-one to one. Like me, you, Josh Wire, like all yeah. the boys were on that, and he fucking did it. Yeah, that was great. Fifty-one for, this for a whole day. It was awesome. Forty-six. Yeah. And uh, but like this, that's not. There's no value in betting the quarterbacks. Matt Stafford's like two dollars. Borrow's like three dollars. You may as well bet on their team to win. Essentially, pretty What's much the same. What's Cup paying? He's the only offensive player I'd touch. Seven, which yeah. same thing anyone I play. But even then, it's not enough, mate. It's not enough to. So that's it. I think Donald's the 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 good bet outside of those guys. The one that gives you some value. And Von Miller as well. If you want five bucks on that, I also don't mind that. I think he's forty six dollars now on on sports bet. He was a bit. He was longer. He's come in a little. But yeah, there's there's not a lot of juice in it. Sadly, I, I don't I don't gamble as much. I have much. I don't gamble much at all. Um, yeah. But Super Bowl Day is the one day of the year where you put a bit of money down and just take have some fun, bet some stupid yeah. things. Hundred percent. Eminem first song Doyle. What are you What are you backing? 
I don't know. I they don't listen enough to his current stuff, so I don't know. Honestly, uh, Kim is pa- is paying five hundred to one. I might get on that. <laughs> is it actually in there? <laughs> no, of course not. Like, God, that can't be listed there. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm here for it. Oh, Donald's into fifteen dollars. There you go. The value is getting shrunk in a way. So maybe Von Miller becomes a pick, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch Donald when he gets down to like ten. Not got not good enough odds. But yeah, no one else, as you said, outside of Cup. Like Jamar Chase is nineteen bucks. Uh, Cup seven. It's not enough. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, I'm pumped for it though. I mean, I like every Super Bowl. I fought some losers thinking it wasn't a good one because it's like not one of the same old teams. I think it's all going to be awesome. Like, I I think it's great that we can just chill. I don't have to worry about the Patriots winning. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean. You know, I never disliked Matt Stafford. Again, I don't love Sean McVay. But it's more the tugging off about him. I don't love that much. Are the, are the but, who's like the Bengals for you in your division? Like you hate them less than you hate the other two? Detroit Lions. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like, and that Stafford came from them, so that's why it's like whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, it, yeah. So go ahead. Like, I'm okay with them, and it, it'd just be funny to see Stafford as well. One year out of the Lions and win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's all yeah, I mean, as I saw that tweet you retweeted today, someone saying that Eminem performing, Matt Stafford playing is the closest Detroit's ever going to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for that. Two weeks away, the week, the, it's, a, it's Super Bowl week's always good fun. You always get some good interviews. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. Um, any other NFL stuff you want to talk about? Tom Brady? Nah, he's definitely retiring, hey? I think so too. But, um, like people are getting angry at Schefter. It's like it's quite to me. It seems quite obvious Schefter leaked something early that he wasn't supposed to leak. That's it. I think I think he's obviously um, he's retiring, and uh, it kind of it kind of came from nowhere to me. Because I always thought he's going to play another year at least. But then like the, his last game, people were journalists kind of tweeting off, "This is Tom's last game." And I was like, Wait, what? And then that weird interview on his podcast. It feels like that last episode of his TV show will be it which is like, I think, next week or something. I don't know. But uh, I'll be glad to be rid of him. That's for sure. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, should we move on? We should. All right. Fantastic. Uh, before we get to questions, uh, Rookie Takes final. We've got a winner. And uh, Over you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to let, it, let the votes tick it, uh, flow in for another week. But um, the number one seed has been upset. And uh, Glenn Alsop has claimed the inaugural rookie take of the year. One more time. Uh, it was, it's football. Why feel the need to push a culture? We don't have a non-Indigenous jersey, do we? We don't have a non-Indigenous round. We don't have a non-Indigenous comp. Why? Because we accept. Why is it others want their own comp and exclude other races? Curry knockout. Ever see a non-Curry knockout? Imagine the outroar. Outroar push it over the top, I feel. Yeah, that was definitely it. It had, it had to have a line. It has a zinger. It has a headline, you know? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Fantastic stuff. Well, anyway, congratulations to Glenn. Um, don't think he listens, but um, good on him. And if you want to be involved in Rookie Takes next year, submit your own vote. All that jazz. You must remember about Patreon subscription service. Go to patreon.com forward slash Anarubin Rookies. The Coltrane Cup is coming back. Uh, the Discord server is a place you want to be. Uh, you get some free merchandise with your membership, uh, bonus pods, other stuff. Uh, it's just it's it's money well spent, Mitchell. In my unbiased opinion. Yeah, the same as mine. Sign up. Why not? 
Yeah, do join it. the fun. Yeah, Get on Discord. Uh, you can follow some degenerate bets. That some weeks we don't win anything. I had a good day again today, so we're back. But, if you uh, follow the betting Discord, you're probably up money. So it actually makes if you're not a Patreon, it's like you're stupid. You're wasting money. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you you're gonna have to ride a cut like a rough three weeks sometimes. No, we had a. Uh, I, I want a bit of bit of cash today. Today was good. I um. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to talk about uh, that. But you get on there, and then yeah, we'll get bo- bonus pods again during the season, and you know, you get your stubby holder and other merch and similar. So get get behind us, and yeah, the uh, Coltrane Cup, of course. The Coltrane Cup's the big one, and a special shout out to uh, the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. They are Chris Avnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rocky Stew, Wayne Ritchie, Ben Wallace, Cam Beswick, CTO, Dan Cullen, Doc Hogg, and anonymous backer Frankie JC, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon. Uh, lifelong Dolphins fan, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins. My ding dong is hard and I am sad. Never trendy. Party keg. Razor Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwartzy, Ty, the not so mature student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Was. Thank you so much for your support. To everyone who just listens and to everyone in the lower tiers, thank you as well. Mitchell, we've got a few questions. Not too many. People kind of just not, not feeling it this week. Yeah, I don't know. Just oh, whatever. It's off-season. Everyone's feeling that. But yeah, we'll go over to questions. Whatever. The last question podcast was about seven hours long. So a few less true. ones probably not that bad. Uh, anyway, patreon.com for Josh and Robin Rookies. You want your question answered? Question time. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm going to have any questions. Ron Edwards, what do the Rabbitohs and Broncos look like today if the Bunnies had got their man and re-signed Seabold back in 2018? Oh, what a dark wow. timeline. Um, it's hard it's to say. Slow, I think it's a slower burn. I think you guys still fall apart. I think it's a slower burn. Yeah, because like, look, obviously Seabold is not a good as good a coach as Wayne Manor. And if you ever thought that, you are a big dum dum. But like, he did make the prelim with Souths with a team that would have largely stayed the same and gained Latrell Mitchell over the next two years. So I don't think things would have fallen apart. The, uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly why things didn't work out at the Broncos, but what's not control. What's, but <laughs> what's, what's inarguable is that um, a, the team was not as good as the team he had at Souths and B, he didn't have sort of your Mark Ellison types sort of guiding him and, and working with him. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it sounds like more people control of recruitment and retention, and so did Brisbane, but they kind of gave the keys to Seabold, right? And then he also put his stamp on it. They just tore it down and fucked yeah. it up. Different. And and he's very, we all know he's very arrogant, and he would not, he would not go away from picking guys like Darius Boyd and similar. South didn't have any of those guys, you know? So it, I reckon it would have been a slower burn and he would have fallen apart. And obviously, I think Brisbane wouldn't have hit the lows they hit without him. Brisbane, I'll guarantee you, no spoon without Seabold because the stories heard from those players and we see someone coming every now and then that the morale could not have been lower there. That's yeah. why they got that spoon. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, next question. What what date will we recall the last one? 25th. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Okay, uh... Was said watching NFL throwback videos of draft classes, ranking them on hit, miss, or mare. What's a good sample size to rank a player's career? Is it years in the game or accomplishments? Um, that's a, a great question. Pick you're saying, or just in general, ranking their career. I, I think he's, I think he's like talking about them at the end of their career. So, I will answer both though. The trick to knowing who's good at draft is when they show 15 seconds of that guy playing in college and I make a snap judgment. I'm right like more often <laughs> than the nerds we know who watch draft tape all year. Um, 
Like I knew Mark Andrews was good. I watched like 10 seconds. I was like, yeah, this guy looks pretty good. Let's get him. And then he was good. Um, anyway, uh, but to answer his actual question, um, yeah, uh, it, it's tough, right? Like, obviously, if you're in the game for a long time and you don't really move the needle a whole lot, I don't really care that much. Like, I have no time for Phil Rivers is in the Hall of Fame, Matt Ryan's in the Hall of Fame. I have no time for those people. Like, I just think they're stupid. But, like, at the same time, those guys were, you know, they played at an above average level for a very long time. So, so I don't know. But I would personally judge people on the quality of their highs rather than the longevity of their career. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Like, judge a career more accomplishment. And accomplishments is more than just like winning things, too. You know, mm. it's like good numbers, good career, whatever, than, than time in the game. I think, you know, you'd rather, I would, a player who has four really fucking good years and that's it, had a better career than the guy who played 15 years and never did anything. Yeah. You know, so like, if we win a Super Bowl and Lamar Jackson plays five more years, then like he's had a better career than half those guys that just stick around for forever. Yeah, that's 100%. That's it. And for dra- for rating a draft class, though, it's like if the guy played for your team after his rookie deal, that's a that's a hit. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Because that, that's, you know, most of the guys, we know most guys flame out. So if you picked a dude and he stayed with your team for after the rookie deal, you, you hit on that pick pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Frankie, with the Democratic People's Republic of Western Australia looking like they'll lose Origin Game 2, where should it go? Um, mascot Oval. Sounds good. I mean, Thank you. I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's it's so hard with this stuff still with the, with the garbage with coronavirus to know where, where we'll do those things. But if it's not going to be at Perth, when it goes to the highest bidder, that's always what we forget. But I'm hoping, it, again, it goes to somewhere random maybe Adelaide if they want to pay for it why not or Melbourne again yeah uh, Melbourne's like I don't know uh, I don't mind yeah uh, Brenton Sloan he hasn't really got a question just saying you should talk about Ash Barty so we did oh we that. did living legend how good is Ash <laughs> Barty he says she's great she's awesome yeah uh, and he says how gone do you think that second set was at 5-1 down uh, Mario um, Sieg says well, yeah, I, th- I assume she'd just like put it in the rack and just go again in the third. But uh, obviously, that's why Ash Barty's a world champion athlete and I'm some guy. Yeah, 100%. I just thought the same thing. Oh, whatever. She'll, next game doesn't really matter. And then she'll go win the third set in, in a canter. But no, she decided to win it in two. It was a nice little comeback. Uh, Thorson, has there ever been a better presentation moment than Yvonne Goolagong Cawley uh, handing over the Oz Open trophy to Ash Barty? No, it was, per- it was fucking awesome. It rules. And then, yeah, like, um, like I said this before, but like my favorite, one of my favorite sports photos of all time is the one of Greg Inglis and Kathy Freeman together in the sheds holding the premiership trophy after the 2014 grand final. Um, and to see both those women and Kathy was there as well. Um, to see all three of those women together in that moment was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, Adam Clooney asks, <laughs> what late partner style combination name should we use upcoming Clifford Milford Halves combination? Should it be Cliff Ford or Mill Ford? You fucking dickhead. <laughs> um, it should just be the, the motor company for the Fords. Yeah. Yeah. Ford Fords. The Ford yeah. Fords. No, the, the Ford Motor Company. It's oh, the, the, mo- mo- no, call it yeah, mo- Motown. There you go. Motown. Oh, Motown. Yeah. yeah. What was the uh, model? Model? What was it? What was the model T? Car? The model T's. Model T. That's the model T's. <laughs> yeah. 
V8 Tiger, if you're a young star fullback, which sick extreme sports trick would you risk it all for to get a thousand likes? I would like to defend Dane Laurie here. And my defense is he was fucking cool. It was a scooter. People, Scooters aren't cool. If people, if people miss this, Dane Laurie's at a skate park and he does a flip on a Razor scooter, like a complete 360 somersault in the air on a Razor scooter. Not good. Oh, I, I disagree. I mean... You don't be putting it on Instagram. You, should, you risk it for the likes too. Just don't put it on Instagram so people don't know you're doing that. But yeah, let's that's, that's not be doing extreme <laughs> sports in the offseason, mate. It was very impressive. It was. It, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I didn't love it. And yeah, some Tigers fans <laughs> will, will lost their minds. Yeah. Uh, Shanda says, Eric Bienemy, the Jeff Toovey potential NFL head coaches. Everyone will keep asking why he hasn't a top job, but never, but never question if it's on him. No, that's not fair. Jeff Toovey had it's control easy. at manly teams that underachieved, whereas Eric Bieniemy has won a Super Bowl and had the best offense in the NFL as an yeah, offensive coordinator. But the, like, the comparison's more like how he's saying this Jeff Toovey should there. get this job, and he doesn't. Bieniemy will uh, get there. He's old though. No, no, I'm getting to my point. Yeah, and yeah. the other reason this doesn't happen is because there's a general sort of. I get not consensus, but like there's an understanding by a lot of people who cover this stuff that I read and like whatever that Eric Bienemy has basically been tapped as the successor to Andy Reid when he calls it a day in Kansas City, and that's why he's that's why he's got no intentions of leaving before that day comes. Yeah, and and potentially he might move if there's a really good offer that hasn't happened. Like I think Josh McDaniels was just like I hate that dude, but he, he was sit, sitting around forever for the the same thing at the Patriots. But Vegas came now, and, I'm, I'm, and like Vegas Raiders, like they pay their head coaches. He probably got a great offer and went. But the enemy probably hasn't had the right offer to, you know, kind of both ways. The Tuvi stuff is like Tuvi's. I know he has an okay head coaching record, but yeah, listen to him speak or see the Origin teams he picks, like actually about the sport, and you'll know why he shouldn't be head coach. Why he's failed every interview he's gone through that wasn't a manly, like how Kivy Walters couldn't get a job not the Broncos. You know, like because you can't go to an interview and talk about your passionate love for the club if it's not at that club. You know, and the coaching credentials are enough. But yeah, I think Bienemy, as you said, he's kind of unspoken that he'll get that, that gig there. And he's been at the Chiefs for pretty much a decade now, too. Mm. Like a long time. Uh, next question comes from De- Butsy. Which athletes have you done a complete 180 on from hating them to having no option but to enjoy them? Um, Tom Brady. Oh, I've done a complete 180. You, you, you enjoy love, him now, dude. I love Tampa Tom. You know that. Yeah, he's all right. He threw a trophy off a boat onto another boat. Yeah, I saw that. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I, he's, he's uh, I also right. didn't like Rafa when I was younger because I was a Federer guy. So, um, yeah, I didn't like Federer because I was a Rafa guy. So, yeah, exactly. I didn't, but now I, you I just realize that it's not like you can just like both of them. You can't. That's it. It doesn't. And the goat arguments are stupid. I actually don't care. You know, same I don't care about those. I just arguments. don't care either who's the goat either. Only time I ever like have a goat argument is just to someone else. Um, is anyone you've gone the other way on, excluding like. Obviously, excluding like domestic violence, anti like any crime stuff. Is there anyone you've gone oh, the reverse on? Well, no. The, the so the one I've done the most one eighties on was LeBron James. I hated him when he left the when he left. Oh the well, games. that's yeah, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> and I and I and I and I, I I obviously cheered against him for the first couple of years, and I, then after like two or three years of the heat, I was like, okay, fuck it. This is like he's just really good. Whatever, I'm kind of over it. And but then, but then I was just yeah in love with him when he came out to Cleveland, and now I still. Obviously, you support LeBron, but yeah, I, I I hated him for a little while there. I'm trying to think who I did love. I've to gone hate the other way. I've gone the hate. other way on Kevin Durant. What do you you hate him still? I loved KD at the Thunder. Can't stand. So him did now. I. 
Well, I loved Katie the Thunder. Can't stand him now. Couldn't stand him at the Warriors. Kind of on board with him more now because he just leaned into being a fucking Gronk on Twitter all the time. Like, instead of replying from alts, he replies from his own account. It's great. I do respect and, that. Uh, and I also respect that, like, I mean, he's a freak, but I, just, I, I respect that uh, come back from that Achilles injury and he's just still so goddamn good. Mm. So, but yeah, it also helps he left the Warriors, uh, uh, you know. Um, what do I mean? Okay, I don't really hate Draymond Green as much as I used to either, just because he's. I still do. I, I enjoy him talking about the game and he'll be on TV more anyway. So I don't hate him as much as I used to. I'm sure if my, the Cavs were in a uh, meaningful game against them again, I'd hate him. About, um, uh, what about the old rugby league? I'm just trying to think. Like, I've obviously flipped on heaps, but it's just trying to think of what the ones that are like huge. Um, one for I me, Reese. Sorry, Boyd for like two years. Thanks to like, I didn't like him earlier. Yeah. The reason why I liked him for like two years. Thanks to Wayne. Um, one for me, Reece, I didn't think Campbell Graham was very good in his first couple of years, but now I think he's awesome. Yeah, I've been oh yeah, I've been wrong plenty, but it's more about the the hate. Oh, it's very yeah, hard yeah. To okay, I didn't hate Campbell someone, Graham. You know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like um, you know, I hated Matt Moylan, right? I nothing him now, but it's because no one but no one bothers me about him anymore. Oh, I mean, Paul Gallon. I don't like him. Yeah, oh, I still hate Paul Gallon. <laughs> um, that doesn't really count, like him. No, it doesn't. No, I don't um, think I, I. I've definitely done these. Yeah, but I can't think of the top of my head now. Adam Blair, and then I hated him again. Oh, <laughs> but but a lot of that's. I think it's it's if they just sign for your team and play well. I think that doesn't really count. Like having no option to en- but to enjoy them. Yeah, no, that's yeah. probably true. Yeah, it doesn't really count. So it's got to be someone that just I don't know. Oh, I I I, I, I what well, I think I think I'm gonna say Mitch Moses actually. Like yeah, in the last that's not a bad one. Two years really I've him, like but I, become a I de facto Mitch Moses defender because people think he's like this joke player, but he's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to think of it now because I did this a lot more when I was younger. Whereas like I'm better. Now, just enjoying players when they're good, as yeah. is. I do cringe like, a little like, bit when I think about how my younger self just didn't like certain players because I liked other players. Like, it's just so stupid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mate, and then if I, if I, a lot of time now, if I hate a player, even if they're good, I can still hate them too, you know. Hmm. But yeah, when you're a kid, you just hate, like, I hated Andrew Johns because he wasn't, he was the other guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that matters. I don't know. Anyway, next question. Uh, Hunter Austin, how many people need to be sacked before the Dragons are in the running for team of the pod? Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> a lot. Not enough. There's a lot of change required. They have Ben Hunt and uh, a lot of other things. That, everything else is a change pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> funny, so I've like been a Dragons sympathizer most of my life because my dad was a Dragons fan before the Broncos became, became a team. So there were kind of always, you know, nice words about the Dragons in my household growing up. Then Wayne went there. But no, nah, the last few years, no. Nah. Uh, ben Quagliata, with Matthew Stafford proving he's a Super Bowl-capable quarterback, what season do you think the Lions fold by? They're not going to fold, know. but they're... Um, they're too big to fail. Your punishment well, I mean, must sorry, be more severe. Your, your punish, punishment must be more severe. You must play forever, Lions fans. Yeah, uh, James K. Probably a question more for Bunga, but when, with it me. being announced, David Ortiz is being inducted into the <laughs> MLB Hall of Fame last oh week. What God. are your opinions of any on the steroids era being inducted, such not being inducted? The fact that Barry Bonds is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame is one of the most ridiculous things in any sport. 
Like for starters, the guy never like you can have your opinions. Was he juicing? Probably, but you know who else was juicing in that time? All of them. You know, failed a drug test during his career. David Ortiz. You know, never failed a drug test. Barry Bonds. It's ridiculous. Uh, Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player of all time. He's not the Hall of Fame. It's so dumb. It is so unbelievably dumb because all of his records still count. If he was cheating, his records wouldn't count, but they do. He's recognized as the leader in in home runs. Yeah. Like, uh, it's 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 ridiculous. It's just absolutely absurd that he's not in the Hall of Fame. So ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, and then I'm all for them all. They all they all taking things anyway. Just different levels of legalities. I don't care all athletes juicing as long as it's like things that are obviously detrimental to their like really detrimental to their body. Let them all juice. Yeah. Whatever. Let Barry Bonds fucking it. rules. Barry Bonds is the man. Watch Long Hot Summer. Be- That's my advice let for you. Let them 30. all do performance enhancing drugs. So what's all teasers is about the same time as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were, well, I mean, Bonds retired in like 2007 or eight. And yeah, but isn't, obviously isn't even the same like juicing scandal though? Like, right. Ortiz? Oh, um, no, Ortiz's was quite late in his career. I think I can't remember. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm um, just, like, I'm just clicking it here. It looks yeah, like it was like 2009 or something. Yeah, so it was after but it's Barry Bonds referring retired, to but... an earlier time in 2003. Yeah, right. So yeah, it could be that it's was that Mitchell report stuff, right? Wasn't it? I don't yeah. Know. Um. Oh uh, yeah, it's that some response they all answered to that was like close, like there was they they buried yeah. the results, but yeah, they all answered like they were doing it. So it was probably a response into the Barry Bonds stuff. So it's yeah, ridic- ridiculous it, to me. Mate, it's one of those things that he'll probably get to go in the Hall of Fame like the year before he dies or some shit. Barry Bonds, you know. It's com- complete garbage. If ever. Yeah. Seven-time National League MVP, Barry Bonds. <laughs> it's so stupid. 14-time uh, All-Star. And uh, that was from like... Yeah. Like if he was juicing his entire career, okay. But like that's from like 1990 onwards. Like He got walked with the bases loaded more than once. <laughs> like intentionally walked with the bases loaded more than once. The guy was a freak. Um, I, it's one of those things that the juice obviously helps, but like if anyone could just take steroids and be good at baseball, people would be doing that and then stopping when they're already good. If you get me, like they take yeah. it to get into the majors and hope they ain't caught, but it ain't like that. Like you have to have the hand eye still, don't you? Mate, exactly right. They were all doing it. So who the fuck cares? Yeah. I don't know. Fuck. So he's during his 10 years of eligibility, he didn't receive the vote needed to be elected into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's been 10 years. So that's it essentially means he can't get in. So he should, I, unre- I he, should unre- he should unretire and restart his eligibility. Yeah. No, it feels like maybe in like that's why they, maybe they'll do the honorary thing and like when he's really old and go, oh, sorry, Barry. I don't know. That's fucked. But it also, it's like an old schoolish sport too, hey? Um, I get cheating yeah, is bad, full of, but like full of grumpy old men. We we made our cokehead an immortal as soon as we could. <laughs> you know, you know so, what? Good on him. You said be over and calling a guy Derek. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. Simon says, "What's the number of average Joes you'd need to beat Giannis Ooh, this by is himself a in a game of half court?" Um. So, what type of average are we talking? Are we talking someone who's played any basketball? Yeah, that probably matters. Like, rec- let's say like rec league basketball players. Like could could shoot around, like could make a few shots if they were shooting around. Oh, um, four. I would also say four. Yeah, if they can actually hit some shots, that's just too many. He can't cover that many. 
Can't come um, in two of anyway. Like, you know, if it's, oh, yeah, but if they're fucking short, like if they're normal people, true. short, not not in shape, not athletic, can't shoot very well, mm. two is enough that they'll get gas before him. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think four. four. That's a much better and, question than last week. It is. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think four as well. Uh, last question on there. Brenton Sloan, how much does a loaf of bread cost? I don't want um, to, it's too like a political rant, but my God. It is, but my God, it was nice to see him just get sh- the shit torn out of him by people today at the press club thing. It was fucking The petrol great. part sent me, mate. Like, uh, it's just, pe- price of petrol, I could have told you the price of petrol ran about, you know, within 10% or whatever. Yeah. Every week of my life since I was like fucking five. Like, <laughs> I will say that I have no idea how much bread costs. I don't, oh, I don't buy, buy loads bread, of bread. I could say three bucks is probably right, you know. But I in, buy like, <laughs> bonsoi cartons cost four dollars. I buy them all the time. Well, the thing is, I buy milk every week, right? But I never look at the price of it because I'm obviously right. not in the position that I need to worry about the price of milk. You know, I never look. I just grab it, whatever. I think it's like two or three bucks. I don't care. But the fuel one sent me because it's like, mate, dickhead. These big flashing things—they're they're everywhere. These huge things, these flashing lights and signs—they're everywhere. You can see them. The petrol prices are on the street. The whole fucking way to your little national press club as well. Like, you didn't look once ever. You don't know the petrol price. I was saying, like, it's in your face. I don't mean to know the petrol price. I just know it because I've been outside of the house. You know, so I don't know, whatever. And this way he answered it, just terrible. Just, I don't want to keep, we've done political enough. Yeah, uh, that's fair. It's towards the end. If I had energy earlier, I'd rant about him, but I don't know about you. Do you want, do you want to rant about him? No, I actually am start. I'm, I'm like, we're setting up for a fall here because like I am Ridiculous actually starting levels. to think he's going to lose. It's and, got very, it, he's just got beyond stupid and he really has, but I don't, I just can't, um, I can't allow myself to think that because yeah. it just never happens. So like we don't get nice things. Well, they're, um, they're asking him questions. They wouldn't have asked him a while ago. Yeah, That's the, the, the question that he got asked when when he got told a text message exchange between Gladys and a current cabinet minister calling him a psychopath and a disgrace and a terrible person was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He blinked like fantastic. 45 times in two seconds. It was awesome. He said, I don't know who's, who that is and whatever. Who, he just stumbled through it. But yeah, he's one of those. I still don't understand how his approval is not much lower. It's like but some people just don't give a shit. moron. He can no. say the dumbest things every single week, lie every week. Like, you know, he bullshitted his way from the start. We don't both know this. Full of shit since the day, a fraud, a liar, put on an image. And that can get you so far. People can buy into this stupid, you know, knockabout bloke garbage yeah. who loves the Sharks, whatever. But they can only go so far. I, I do love that the Sharks fans we know are basically like, I can't wait till this guy loses so we never see him at a fucking Sharks game again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like, you know, that only goes so far. But then since like the last like two, like the fires, right? Like my old man still defended him around the fires when he when he bailed. And my old man said to me then, like, oh, you know, he's entitled to a, a holiday with his family. Uh, and I was like, well, dad, do you know he's been on five holidays this year? And he just drove away. I think I told you this. He, stopped, he, he happened to see me on the side of the road and he stopped. He was on, the, he was on his way to KFC and he stopped. I, I don't remember where I was going. I was outside walking somewhere. And then he drove off me when I said that. But like that was the last time he defended him, and he hasn't defended him for eighteen months. And he was a fan, and he's not like I know there's other guys, people who still support him. But it's like, yeah, 
he kind of lose used his last good karma on a lot of the people supported him on like bailing during the fires. Yeah, you know, like so many dumb things he said since then. People can't defend it, and then the fact that he's I I don't lie comment, which is a obvious <laughs> lie. All those dumb every he just it feels like I said it in the Discord joke about it. Like it's like he's been put in place by the Illuminati, you know, for conspiracy theorists, and they're like Scott. We want you to answer the questions in the worst possible way. Just keep answering them. Everyone you get, answer them worse than the last and see if anything happens. Just for a test. And nothing happens. Most people don't care. Like, he's unpopular. He's probably going to lose, but it's still like, you see the preferred PM stuff? Like, not the party. It's like, he's still like beating Albanese preferred PM. Like, are you kidding me? It's insane, isn't it? It's like, you see still like 45% of people are like, yeah, I'm cool with this guy. Like, I could understand if people liked the party more and not him as a, that's what I can't get my head around that people prefer him. It's not that they prefer the Liberal Party. They're like, oh, I prefer Scott Morrison. Yeah, but I mean, you can throw that question out. The one that matters is the two party preferred thing. Oh, I know. It's insane. He's I know. Getting some moat. I know. Oh, I know. It's 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 he's gonna get he's gonna lose. Hopefully, no. Stop it. Don't likely. say that. But uh, yeah, just just funny how the, the, I just feel like people who just still staunchly defend him are just those kind of people, just idiots who won't change their opinion on anything. The, like Joe Rogan, mate. Like not say he defend him, but that kind of stuff when you get proven something wrong and just go, oh, I dismiss that, or they don't pay attention at all. They pay no attention to what he says. Yep. Anyway, anything else before we finish? Uh no. More good. That was good. Good mix of stuff. Footy's back soon. I'm, I'm sweating uh, bullets, by the way. Well, who let someone happen like this? Um, I went running this afternoon and then I played futsal afterwards. So, yeah, I'm a bit gassed and very, very humid. So, we won, yeah, though. I'm just, so that was nice. Oh, I just fucking feel the sweat going through me and into the into the, the chair I'm sitting on. It's great. Mm. <laughs> an, an erotic image for our listeners to... Like a, like yeah, a young Nadal. Indeed. Out of shape. <laughs> going over sweating. the towel boy in between points. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. All right. We'll be back next week. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Patreon.com forward slash because if you want to support your boys, uh, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. It's goodbye from me. <laughs>